What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Ragers. It's probably, what, week six, seven, eight? I don't know. It's the end of October. That's what's going on. And if you're not familiar with our show, this is the Rager Show. We're all about fans, brews, Broncos news, but we're going to look at it exclusively through a sports betting fantasy perspective. So I'm here hanging out. I'm Ray, Ragers. Y'all got to figure it out here. And I always hang out with my buddy, Jared. Um, y'all know him as Jared, but I know him as J Rock. What's going on, J Rock? How you doing tonight, what's, baby? What's going on? Just for your show, I changed my uh my label down there to J Rock. Just yeah, just right. for you, boy. And you're still Team Visor, and I'm still yeah, I guess I don't even know what Team Fuzzball means, but I guess I'm on Team Fuzzball here. I guess that's yeah, you you kind of jumped sh- jumped ship all of a sudden, not knowing what you were jumping into, but that's fine. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, forget David. Who cares about him anyway? You know. So hey, <laughs> here's how it works, man. Y'all know we are Orange Weekly. We're trying to be your best source of Broncos news. We got a crazy week to break down we're gonna break down last week we're gonna try to make some projections for this week but gosh COVID is done hitting everybody's sneezing on everybody over there we don't even know what to do and Justin Herbert we don't even know what's going on with that man so Jared I'm excited to break down the show with you man yes you know what time it is there team visor I I think it's beer 30 beer 30 man cheers y'all let's have some beer Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Nothing like a cold Friday night beer. Yes, and hey, man, you know, the show's supposed to start at 7. We just started started at like 7.06 this week because, you know, we don't even care about the time anymore. It's Friday night. I got the J. Ali Cigar City IPA, one of the best IPAs in the world, man. What are you drinking over there, Jared? I'm drinking the Carl Strauss Brewing Boat Shoes Hazy IPA. Delicious, delicious, delicious. So if you're chiming into the show, here's how it works. We're going to talk about sports betting. We're going to talk about fantasy football. And we're going to talk about how we can put money in your pocket while we get to watch the Broncos. And here's what we're doing. It's, it's interactive. So if you're getting this on the podcast, don't worry about it. You get the podcast, download it wherever you're at, Stitchers, iTunes, you name it. You can still download this show Saturday morning. And if you're just chiming in because you just want to see what's going on, post your comments, post your questions. We're going to interact with you all show long. Before we jump into it, last week. Kansas City. Jared, what are your reactions, your thoughts in general? What happened? Possibly Drew Locke's worst game as a pro. What are you, what are you feeling yes. as a Bronco fan today reacting to last week? As, as a fan, I'm disappointed, uh, but also as an analyst slash, uh, you know, an Orange Weekly member, uh, I, I know I know the real reason that it all went down. Uh, ultimately, you know, there was just lack of execution. For me as a fan, that's, that's what I'm looking at. It's not one person's fault. It's not, you know, it's not time to clean house. It's time to let these young offensive core, including the young offensive, uh, uh, he's obviously been a coordinator, but this is the first time with this group of people. It's time to let them shine and give them a little opportunity. Obviously, the execution just wasn't there, and it wasn't there time and time again. And and I mean, do you have any takeaway? I mean, it looked like we had a really tough time evaluating the team. Drew Locke, like again, potentially played his worst game as a pro, and I think definitely the worst half of football I've ever watched from Drew Locke, definitely in the first half last week. Do you have any takeaways from last week? 
I think the takeaway is we need to slow down our offense just a little bit. I think we need to stick to the run and let Drew Locke make his reads early and let him get a rhythm before we start taking super deep shots. Um, also, for me, I think it's on the offensive side. I think our defense played a great, a great, amazing game, and I don't think there's nothing wrong there. But I agree with uh, Derek here, actually. Uh, good point. Um he needs to go through his reads. We yeah. need to give him a chance to let him go through his reads because what's going to end up happening is, um, you know, he's he's taking shots. He's not going through his reads. He's right. he's throwing a double coverage instead. But what I, what that needs is we need to get him into a rhythm and him yeah. and the offense coordinator on the same page. And until that happens, we're going to see more of the same. Yeah, interesting. So Rangers goes one, two, and one last week. One win, two losses, and one push last week. Largely to your point, Jared, the run game looked phenomenal. We loved uh, Philip Lindsay at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the week. We, we, we were spot on with our analysis. We believe Philip Lindsay was going to get about 75% of the carries and Melvin Gordon was going to get about 25%. Of course, Philip Lindsay goes down with an injury, which maybe in turn justifies um, all John Elway did bringing Melvin Gordon in because now this is two weeks in a row that, Mel, uh, that Philip Lindsay had the lion's share of the carries in the first half and ended up being injured at some point in time throughout the game. That was a little bit sad to see. But the run game looks good. Another major takeaway, as we're thinking about this through the sports betting analysis, as we're thinking about this through the fantasy football analysis, Drew Locke, 17 targets to tight ends last week. That is an insane amount of targets. 17 times um, tight ends were targeted. I see Derek's comment. Again, let me throw it in here for you, Derek. Hey, thanks for chiming in, brother. You know, we always appreciate you having you. Fant was open multiple times. Fant, seven targets. I think he was in in three or four catches. Albert O seven targets, seven catches, the leading receiver on the league or on, in, in the Broncos organization this last week. Crazy amount of love and attention that is being thrown to the tight ends right now from our boy. And, and from an, anal- an, an analytical point here, that's tw- that's two weeks in a row that Albert O has two NFL starts, and that's twice in a row that he's got the most targets on the team. Yep. So there's something there. They obviously have that old Missouri combination that they're still going with, and. Uh, you got to look at that. And listen, I'm going to bring back Derek's comment again here. Listen, if I can't sleep and I need my little lovey, I need my little comfort blanket, man. I'm feeling a little uneasy. You know, I'm not 100% sure what's going on. What you need is your little comfort blanket. Having Albert O is somebody that Drew Locke probably has the most chemistry with, with anybody on the team at this point in time. He's just feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I can't, I could not agree more. Derek, he looks uncomfortable in the pocket. And what he thinks to himself is, where's my security blanket? And right now it is Albert Oh, that is something truly amazing. So let's fast forward. We're going to roll forward. Hey, listen, listen, who are we kidding? At the start of the season, did we for any reason believe that the Broncos were going to beat Kansas City week six or seven of the NFL this year? No. Absolutely not. Right. So I'm done. I'm over that. I thought it was going to be a loss anyways. We're two and four and we're rocking and rolling. And we get the Chargers. We're minus, or I'm sorry, we're plus three right now as we roll into this week. Let's start to think about the Chargers Chargers team here a little bit. And what is your just sort of initial reaction? Herbert being the offensive player of the month, 10 touchdown passes, one INT so far on the year. What are your just initial like, hey, who are the Chargers? What do they mean to you when you think about playing them this week? So there's two things I want to mention here. One, how on earth is he doing that with that O-line as beat up as it is and as bad as they're playing? There's obviously something there. Number two, and I mentioned this on the uh, Orange Weekly pregame podcast. If you guys aren't following Orange Weekly on the the podcast sections, go make sure you're going and and rating us, including Ragers, which is – there's a link up there somewhere. Anyway, so make sure that you're following us on the podcast. But I did mention on the podcast is that uh, he is a young quarterback that he's having a lot of success because there's not a lot of tape on him in the NFL. 
Sure. And I think a lot of it's very hard and very difficult to really fully game plan against a quarterback that you've never seen. But I think at the point where we're at right now in the season, three, four games in uh, with Herbert playing, I think we're going to be able to see what his consistencies are and where we can exploit what he's doing. Yeah, and, and, and as we start to think through these matchups, that's really interesting that we talk about a young quarterback. And what we tend to see against young quarterbacks is – Pressure tends to make them uneasy, and that seems to be the one thing that Herbert's not handling really well. It was interesting to see the Broncos go all-out blitz, all-out blitz against Mahomes. They kind of chilled off for a little bit and seeing what's happening there. Um, I'm expecting a lot of pressure. Let's pause on that for a second, though, because there's been some developments in the last 24 hours in relation to COVID and some of the cases that we're seeing on, on actually both sides on both the Chargers and the Broncos. What do you have for us right now, Jared? What does this game look like probably to you as far as Who's playing? Who's not? Who's quarantined? Who's doing what? So right now we're looking at both Both teams have uh, beat up offensive lines. And right. both teams are having issues on the offensive line between injuries, what both of our teams, and COVID for both of our teams. We might be looking at two backup offensive lines uh, mm-hmm. playing for this game, which is going to be terrible, terrible for offense. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think, and you know what, and we'll get to, Derek, your point here on this comment, because I agree 100%. Last year, we were trashing Bowles hard, and he's the best tackle in the league right now. Yeah. Um, but we, we might look at, luckily, Garrett Bowles is not one of the ones that's being quarantined yeah. right now because he wasn't in that room at the time. Um, so we're going to be looking at different, which is which for me, and for you, I'm sure you're looking at this at sure. a betting standpoint, there's yeah. not going to be a lot of offensive production here. When you're talking about starting defensive lines going up against backup offensive lines, yes, you're looking at it's going to be a slow day for the offense. Yeah, and so I think right now, what do we have? Glasgow tested positive. He's the guy that's tested positive, correct? And it looks like yes. there's two guys that they've identified that Glasgow has been in, quote, close contact with. Um, right. That Tyler Schlotman, I think the, I can't think of the other guy right now who's been on that. But both of those offensive linemen have tested negative. If they test negative tomorrow, they will be eligible to play in the game. I believe that's how it's all working right now. Um, other than that, really, unless there's been some crazy outbreak, I think this game is all, basically all systems a go. And Jared, you're right. Basically, on the on the Chargers, they might even be in worse case than we are when it comes to just who's who's eligible, who's going to be able to play, who's going to be going. And again, uh, Derek, I appreciate the comment here. Uh, and, and Jared, you mentioned it. Pro Football Focus has Garrett Bowles as the number. Well, let me say this one time: the number one rated tackle in the NFL right now. How crazy! I mean, the number one, not holding penalties. The whole NFL. The whole <laughs> NFL. And listen, if you believe Pro Football Focus's metrics or not, or you take them with a grain of salt, whatever it is, listen. The dude is still ranking number one on somebody's scale somewhere, and, and it's a really respectable organization that gives tremendous power to Garrett Bowles, and who's the fella out in, in, in Baltimore that just signed his big-time deal? 90 Huge million deal. or something in six-year, six, six year, 90 million type of deal? Shit. Fifth-year option sounds pretty damn good right now. Anyway, let's rock and roll on some matchups here, Jared, and let's start to break down this offensive matchup here. We're taking a look. We'll go from the outside in like we always do. Our wide receiver core seems like Tim Patrick was just dynamite for a couple of weeks. Jerry Jude, I don't know how the hell we can't get that guy the ball. What are our our wide receivers looking like against the cornerbacks of the Chargers? So here's a big issue too. Tim Patrick is still out. He didn't practice today, which does not look good for him going into Sunday's game. He might not even be playing on Sunday, which is rough, meaning Judy will be, and we've expected Judy to be the number one guy. Obviously, it looks like the last few games Tim Patrick has been, and 
I'm not complaining. I like Tim Patrick. I think he's a great uh, receiver. But this is going to be a situation where we're going to have to get the ball in Jerry Judy's hands. And this is going to have to be a big game for Jerry Judy because um, that's basically what we got. We got Deshaun Hamilton, which who hasn't been playing great. You know, uh, KJ Hamler, if he is back, uh, you know, he's going to be in there. But Jerry, Jerry Judy and then, like you said, the two tight ends, which I'll get to them in a minute. But here's the other thing, too. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. obviously left us last year and is now playing for the Chargers. He's out on IR, so he won't be playing against us either. So they're also looking at backup corners who aren't playing terrible um, against uh, Casey Hayward, who's playing okay this year. Uh, not not great, but not terrible uh, if you look at some of the scores from the past uh, games. And then Michael Davis on the other side, who's actually played pretty well on those quarters. Their safeties, however, are not doing very well. Oh, Obviously, you lose, you lose uh, what was his name? Uh, big safety, Der- Derwin James. Yep. Mm-hmm. In the uh, offseason, and then you have Rashawn Jenkins, who's not playing very well. So some of those deep shots that we've been taking that right. are kind of like, what are we doing? They might be there this game, and I'm hoping that we can we can exploit at least one or two big plays, which honestly, in most games, we're one or two big plays away from being the better right. team. And, and interesting, the two balls that Jerry Judy caught last week, and that was one of our Raiders last week. We liked Jerry Judy's yards at about 44 yards last week. The two balls that Jerry Judy did catch, he had three targets, two catches, they were both impressive. Make the first guy miss. We had the, the third and seven from our end zone, basically, on the right side. On a little five-yard out route, Jerry makes two dudes look silly, and he goes for 14 yards, and then there's another pass down the left-hand side. God, I would love to see that guy more involved, and I'm hoping this is a major breakout game. I'm hoping to see a couple of Moss type of plays. All right, we start to bring it in. I, I guess we have the best tight end room in the entire NFL, quite possibly, and maybe in the history of the NFL at this point in time with 19, 17 targets and however many catches. <laughs> Talk me through the tight end crew and maybe how they match up against linebackers and safeties right now this week. Okay, so uh, first of all, depending on who they put on them, uh, if they're still playing their normal 4-3, Denzel Perryman has a great, great coverage grade. Okay. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he's probably one of the best linebackers in the league right now um, playing that Sam linebacker. He's going to be the captain of that defense. Yep. Um, so we also have a guy that I was thinking about picking up in Kenneth Murray, who's a middle linebacker there. Flem, it's a rookie. So if we could get rookie on rookie, uh, either Okawebenam mm-hmm. or second-year guy Fant against Murray, I think we have a good matchup there depending on how they play yep. this. They're going to be playing a lot of man. Um, this defense is going to be playing a lot of man and we're going to have to beat them man to man. So this is probably of all the games that we've had, probably the least, uh, excited I have been, uh, our tight ends versus their linebackers, uh, man on man, one-on-one. Interesting. Yeah. And interesting to see that that has been the security blanket for the Broncos up until this point in time, especially Drew Locke. All right. Swiss cheese, offensive line, Garrett Bowles, best offensive lineman we have. Who knows who's got COVID, who knows who doesn't have COVID, What's our run game look like, which is potentially the only bright spot on the offensive side uh, so far these last three weeks? So the run game, the run game still looks pretty good. So if if we do get to clear the uh, Demar Dodson, I think was the other one that was in the close contact. Yeah, so if we do get to clear Tamar Dodson, I think our tackles are pretty solid, especially on the run game. So we have uh, – I'm not sure where they're looking at, but it looks like the rookie guard Muti uh, might be starting um, at the guard position mm-hmm. in uh, in Glasgow's uh, position. And we haven't seen what he's capable of, but he is a rookie. And Lloyd Cushenberry has been having a tough year in the middle. But we know that the run game and the way that our system works is the, the key to our, our team. Um mm-hmm. 
and and I think we're gonna we're gonna continue hand the ball, especially if Lindsey plays. If Lindsey continues to play, because I know he was out for most practice, he's he practiced yes. uh, limited today. Uh, he's gonna gonna be a game time decision. Yep. And even if he doesn't, I think we still just control the clock, run the ball, and make sure that we can get that get out there. Especially like you said with the Swiss cheese line, I, I don't know if we're willing to risk Locke's uh, health right now by making him drop back and do a five step drop. And here's the most bizarro stat I've seen in a long time. On first and 10, Drew Locke has one, one pass attempt this year on first and 10. This entire wow. year. So we're talking, of course, he's been out, you know, uh, a couple games in the middle, but we're talking two and a half games, uh, three and a half games. And Drew Locke has one pass attempt on first and 10, which is an incredible statistic for us to think about. The commitment to the run game is real. And I agree. I, I, I think I like both running backs this week. I, I give the slight edge to Melvin Gordon this week only because of, you know, he's starting to kind of come a little bit of rhythm. He's outside of his, I'm sick, which I thought was just being hung over based on every, all of his <laughs> activity. And that big um, strep throat. Yeah, his strep, yeah, strep throat. I mean, sometimes you get yeah. ahead and you got to drink and that's kind of hard right, to get yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then with, with Philip Lindsay, I think they're going to ease him back in, especially with him being a game time decision. I don't see I don't see Philip Lindsay being the starter this week. I see Melvin Gordon being our main guy this week. Um, I think that'll be really really interesting. Um, Drew Locke, in general, our offense, their defensive backs, um, big time edge rushers, Swiss cheese offensive line. What kind of game are you seeing from Drew Locke this week? Drew Locke, I think he, he's got to have a big comeback game. And I think what he's going to do is he's going to come back and prove it. So he had a pretty big game against New England when he came back from that injury. Uh, obviously, we didn't get into the end zone as much, but some of those yeah. balls were dead accurate and we kind of dropped them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to expect him to come back with vengeance. I think he's going to come back trying to prove something. And I think it's actually going to work against this defense. I think, that, and I honestly, and you're going to get into this because you, you're this is your side. So I'm sorry for stepping on your toes. Get in but there, I man. think this line, I think this line for his yards are, you know, the lines aren't out yet. But I think they're going to come in real low because yeah. you're we're without your number one uh, wide receiver in Tim Patrick, and he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in uh, at all this season. And his his I think his yards are going to come in real low against a notoriously good uh, San Diego Chargers backfield, which is also injured. So I'm interested to see where, where this line comes in because I'm I'm thinking he's going to come back and have a big game and I, I, to Judy specifically because he's yeah. going to be the number one receiver. Yeah, and, and interesting. So typically lines are published about 36 hours before game time. Uh, most of the lines, especially the player prop lines, have not been published for the Bronco Chargers game yet because of the COVID cases that have come out within the last 12 hours here. But let's start with the game line right now currently chargers a three-point favorite broncos getting a plus a field goal there again for y'all that might be new to sports betting and i get that it's a little bit different here without fans in the home field advantage but typically if you see a home team with a three-point favorite that means that if this game was played at a neutral site that would be a even matchup so Basically, they're the home team. They just tend to give you a three-point cushion, if you will. So if this game was being played, what that tells me is if this game was being played in Denver on Sunday, this game would be minus three Broncos instead of being minus three Chargers. So basically, we're looking at a push em type of game here this week. And the over-under right now is sitting at 44 points. Let's break down the cash value here. Basically dead even right now in Vegas. 46% of the tickets, 45% of the tickets are basically split down the middle right now on Broncos and Chargers to cover their spreads. Um, there has been a slight favorite on the money line. 80% of the tickets and only 50% of 54% of the money is right now on the Chargers on the money line. Jared, I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be a good competitive game. 
Do you see this being, let me ask you this question first. Do you see this being a blowout in either direction? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and I say that because even in the Kansas City game, if you look at it, while it was a blowout on the scoreboard, take away the two biggest mistakes, which was the kickoff return for a touchdown and the interception pick six. Yep. You take away those two, that game is a very close game. We are in it. There's no way, you know, we, we had a, a great defense that was stopping the offense and, and our offense was actually moving the ball for the most part. Other than those two big uh, mistakes, yep. that's a close game against the defending Super Bowl champions. Right. Yeah, this is not the defending Super Bowl champions. It would have been 10-9 at halftime without those two those two big plays. Yeah, I totally agree, Jared. Um, I'm going to tease my first rager here today, though. I see a little bit of gusto coming from the Broncos. I think the Broncos truly are, if they are playing well, I truly do believe they are a 25 to 28-point average offense. I think this Absolutely. is an interesting week where you're going to see a little bit of things that we're not typically expecting. I'm going to kind of monitor the COVID situation just slightly. And I want to just make sure that we're not getting any major hits on the offensive line. But at 44 points, I am an enormous fan of covering that 44 points this week. And and there's a couple of reasons why. Number one is I think this is going to be a nice breakout game for the Broncos. Our defense has been playing really great, and I see something about third down conversions here um, on Neil. I, I, I'm sorry, Neil, I, I read your comment, but I read it the wrong way. Last week, the Bronc, the Kansas City Chiefs also beat us 43-something, zero third downs. Zero third. zero third downs in the entire game. Um, we can also see by Neil's comment here that the Broncos didn't do a very good job of converting third downs either. But I like the over in this game. I'm not exactly sure why. Based on everything that I'm looking at here, I think it's going to be a little bit of a wide-open game. I think the Broncos defense gives the Broncos a slight edge. I'll give you quite a little, little teaser for that one here in a few minutes here. Um, but I like the over right now, the way that it's listening. I, I think we're going to see some points this week. Um, I think Drew Locke throws a touchdown ball this week at some point in time. So the other thing we got to take into account here is obviously we played in the snow last week and apparently none of our rookies have played in the snow before. Um, yeah. So Or any of our uh, uh, veterans either because they were fumbling the ball over the place. But uh, this week in Denver, it's going to be a nice, nice 64 degrees uh, it's going to be a nice day out there, and I think it's going to be just like a normal football game, and just athlete on athlete. I think we just we just out athlete them, and I think you're right. I think we if we can execute, and this all comes down to execution. This comes mm-hmm. against New England catching a couple balls that were placed perfectly against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just reading the field properly, not throwing flea flickers over people's heads, um, yeah. you know stuff like that. The execution of these things. Once we get that execution down, it's all there. there it is. Uh, it's all there. Uh, the, the, the game plan, the, the, we're moving the ball, we're doing a pretty good job. It's all there as long as we can execute. And I think that's what gives us the advantage here uh, yes. going into this game. Yeah, I totally, totally love, totally love everything there. So let's play the game of over-under since we're not be able to project on lines here. One of the first Rangers, again, that I love this week, 44 points over-under. I love the over this week. I think it's a great game. I think we get a 50-plus point game. I think we get a 28, 24, 23. You know, maybe even we might even see a score in the 30s at some point in time this week. I think it's a great game um, that we're going to see. Finally see a little bit of firepower, I think, from the uh, Broncos offense here this week. Let's play a game, though, Jared. And before we break down these things, who has more receiving yards in total? Is it the Broncos wide receivers or is it the Broncos tight ends? Which position group has more receiving yards this week in the game against the Broncos? It's going to be the Broncos tight ends. Okay. I mean, just look, looking at statistically, uh, obviously their linebackers are better than their corners, but statistically the Broncos tight ends are right. going to get more targets. 
And unless we can get a couple big plays, which we haven't been in the last couple games, we haven't been able to get the big over-the-top plays other than a couple like 18, 20-yard plays to wide receivers. Uh, if we can't get the big you know, 60, 70-yard touchdown passes, then it's going to be the tight ends. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on. And again, um, Noah Fant, we have not seen Albert O show up on the sports betting spreadsheet yet. We haven't seen a, a projection for yards for him. Clearly seven receptions, I think, in consecutive games, 60 yards in consecutive games. Uh, guys looking out of control here. Noah Fant seems to be hovering about the 40-yard mark. Each and every week. Again, the lines haven't been released yet. And for you all folks that you guys are like, hey, listen, I need some money here. I'm going to make some money this Saturday and Sunday with Jared and Ray. Right there, you see Ray just – where is this thing at? Which, which finger – this right here. Ray just right, right here. We see it. Straight up, this one right here. Right there. Just, o, O.W. Ragers at Twitter. You will see me live. I put out live bets on there. I'll make sure that I chime in and let you know what to take prior to kickoff. If Fant is in the 40s again this week, we are pounding Fant. I love Fant this week. And, again, I believe that Drew Locke is going to throw a touchdown pass this week. And let's fill in the blank, Jared. If Drew Locke throws a touchdown pass – Blank catches the touchdown pass. Okuwebenam. Oh, oh, honestly. Oh, so here's another thing we mentioned on the pregame podcast. Uh, apparently, uh, that's not how we've, we've been pronouncing it wrong. Uh, the announcers say it's uh, something different, which it doesn't sound right. It no. sounds super weird. Um, yeah. But he said that's how uh, Alberto told him to pronounce it. So I'm just, we're just, I'm just going to call him Alberto from here on out okay. just so I don't. So I don't mispronounce his name, uh, even though ours sounds much more right than theirs. But I also don't have Alberto on my speed dial, so I can't just call him and find out. Anyways, Alberto is the one that catches the touchdown pass. He's looking at him way too constantly, yeah. and I, I think he's the guy that he's going to try to get that touchdown pass to. Yeah, I, I think Drew Locke catch, throws a touchdown pass. And typically, the line set at 1.5. I think I saw it was like plus 185 odds for Drew Locke to throw over two touchdown passes this week. Um, I, I don't know if I'll touch that quite yet. I'll see what kind of happens to the offensive line here. I like Albert O. Um, I think he throws a touchdown pass. I think he goes to a tight end. I would take Fant or Albert O there. But I will. I, I'm going to co-sign Noah Fant's yards this week. Um as long as they're in the 40 somewhere. So if the line comes out and no fans over under 60.5 yards, I'm probably going to stay away. But as long as no offense yards are in the 40s somewhere, I'm going to co-sign that. I'm going to double down here. This is going to be a 2Xer rager here. It's the first time I've ever done this on this show, but I'm going to do this 2Xer rager. I like Jerry Judy's yards this week. As long as it's under, again, under about a 50-yard mark. Again, these lines haven't been released, but we see Jerry Judy come out every week. He's been somewhere between 35 and 45 yards every single week on his over-unders. If Jerry Judy is anywhere in the 40s, I'm going to double down on Judy. We lost on him last week, but we won on him a couple times earlier this year. He's basically the only option, and that dude could moss anybody at any point in time throughout the game. I love that. Um, I also think that, you know, it just seemed like the narrative just a little bit. Every interview that I heard, every time I heard Drew Locke talk, every time I heard somebody talk, it seemed like there was a little bit of an emphasis to get the ball to Jerry Judy and getting the young guys involved, getting their playmakers involved, get the ball in their playmakers' hands. Seven targets to no offense. Seven targets to Albert Okuebanan or Albert O or Albert Ukumnam or whatever they called it on the, on the pod, on the, on the show on Monday night. Um, Three targets to Jerry Judy. Who the hell do you think they're talking about when they're saying getting the ball into their playmaker's hands? It's not Melvin Gordon. It's not Noah Fant. It's Jerry Judy's. They've got to be the only guy that they're talking about this week when they're talking about getting the ball in their hands. All right, Absolutely. last question for you, Jared, as we think about breaking down this game. 
Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, who has more rushing yards this week? Melvin Gordon's going to get it and for two reasons. One, uh, a last time we we used Philip Lindsay as a workhorse, and he did amazing. I mean, he got us our bet. The only one that we won last week was Philip Lindsay's yards, and we got that in the first half. Yeah, uh, he he was just killing it as a workhorse. Unfortunately, I think we're afraid that he might get injured again. Right. And it's happened now two weeks in a row where we're kind of like questionable on where he's at. I think we need to use Melvin Gordon a lot more. Uh, we're paying him a lot more, so we might as well use him a lot more and use Philip Lindsay as one of those change of change of back downs or change yeah. of down backs. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think that's where he's going to excel the best as well. So I think we're going to see Melvin Gordon get a lot more carries than Philip yeah. Lindsay, which means he's probably going to have a few more yards. Yeah, I, I like Melvin Gordon in the 50-yard range. Again, if you hit up OW, I look at it, I crushed it the first time pointing at the logo this time. I got it first try this time. Uh, OW Rangers, you find us on Twitter. We're going to hit that up. One thing that I will be watching very closely is Melvin Gordon's receiving yards this week. We have not seen uh, the running back utilized in the past game basically at all. But Pat Shermer, that was in sort of its call to fame, right? Part of the justification for bringing Melvin Gordon into um, the offensive fold was that Philip Lindsay was number one in the league and dropped balls all regardless of position last year in the NFL. Um, Philip Lindsay's not the receiving back that we're looking for. Melvin Gordon has a nice track history. I think he's got multiple 70, 80 plus yard reception seasons under his belt, but yet we haven't seen it at all. Swiss cheese offensive line. Drew Locke looking kind of not going through progressions, easy dink and dunks. I think Phil, I, I like Melvin Gordon for let's say 28 to 35 receiving yard. Typically that line comes in in the 19 to 20 yard range. So we'll take a look at that and we'll make sure that we crush that. Let me give you one more rage before we walk away here because I think this is going to be cake money. Herbert. 10 touchdowns, one interception, strutting his stuff like he's the goddamn shit around here. Act like he's better than Drew Locke. Damn it, Herbert! I'm taking Herbert to throw an interception this week. Oh, I like that. I'm taking Herbert to throw a pick this week. Um, I haven't seen the line come out for this, but typically it's in the minus 150s for a, a, a quarterback to throw a pick. We're going to pay a little bit of juice this week. I think I'm cool with that. I'm going to lay down the extra juice this week. I'm going to take Herbert to throw an interception. Our cornerbacks look like they're great. Nick Chubb seems like he's the real deal. And Reed, I mean, what does he got? I think four sacks in two games right now or something like that. Lots and lots lots of pressure on the outsides there. I like the pressure getting to Justin Herbert. I'm going to take him to throw a pick this week. That is a co-sign rager. You can throw that down on the docket right here, right now. So let's review this real quickly, and then we're going to get to a couple fantasy questions here first fantasy i like over i'm sorry first sports bet over 44 points i like uh fant and judy as long as they're in the 40s for their receptions um for receiving yards if they're in the 40s anywhere i think i'm going to take both of them i love herbert to throw a pick this week i think he's going to get a lot of pressure a lot of that rydell right in his mouth this week i think he's going to get, get pressure. <laughs> um especially since we've seen um uh, you know, uh, Fangio load up the blitz the last couple of weeks, minus the Mahomes week. I think he's going to have a significant week um, here. So we're going to rock and roll. Those are my Ragers this week in time. I'm also going to just keep my eye on the Melvin Gordon rush or Melvin Gordon receiving yards and see where that falls this week. Again, OW Ragers on Twitter. I'll post some live videos there on Sunday for you all to see. All right, let's break down some fantasy matchups here and let's rock and roll on this. I see Red Cloud. Thanks for chiming in here. It says Lindsay or Gordon. Who do we like um, on this one here for the uh, 
Jared, you go ahead and hit the button, baby. There you go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. For fantasy, um, who do we like? Um, here's what I here's what I like, Red Cloud. I think Gordon's going to be the workhorse this week in time. The other thing that's that's driving me nuts about the Broncos, and I've noticed this in a couple games now. If we get in the red zone, we only if both running backs are healthy, only one running back plays in the red zone, and that is like Melvin Gordon. Gordon. We are not seeing Lindsey in the red zone whatsoever. If you're sitting there thinking about is Melvin Gordon a legitimate play this week, absolutely. Melvin Gordon is an RB two. Um, I think that's where he is. He probably – I don't think he has RB1 upside this week. Um, although, if Lindsey's not playing this week, he's definitely got RB1 upside. I like Melvin Gordon as an RB2. I see him 55 yards rushing, 25 to 35 yards receiving, and probably a Yeti. That sounds like a 13 to 15-point running back performance. Red Cloud, sign sealed, delivered. Let's make sure we put him on the field for you. If you've got, if you got him in his lineup, I don't think you're going to find a better RB2, period, regardless yeah. of who you have on, on your lineup there. I think I want to one up that. I, I think that this, he's he's due for a breakout game. He hasn't had one in a while, and now he's coming back to his old team. This is gonna oh. be this is gonna be a big a big thing for him. This is gonna be a big prove it to me game, especially when we're talking about Philip Lindsay being injured, not knowing whether or not we might try to ride him just because he's gonna be running hard. He's gonna yeah. be running angry. Um, I I honestly think, and we could talk about daily fantasy too. If you're looking at daily fantasy, you're running low on numbers, and you need somebody yeah. to to plug in there as an RB two. Take Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be cheap this week, and I think he's going to play very well uh, mm-hmm. against his old team. You know, I, I I need a siren or a bell. I, I've decided we need to come up with something here to make some noise. Go-go! That's, kind of noise craziness That's not a siren or a bell. <laughs> I'm going to co-sign another Ranger here. I like Melvin Gordon to score a touchdown this week. I don't know what the odds are. I'm going to pull it up right here. Live in this show, I got the sports app. They just got them. I got them all speed dial. Don't you? You worry. got like fifteen of them, don't you? Like don't there's like eight or nine. Right. You got. I'm FanDuel and DraftKings. If y'all need a promo bet, hit me up, man. I'll get you a promo bet. You know what I'm saying here? So <laughs> I'm gonna bring this up right now. I'm gonna look this. Up. I bet the odds are probably plus, uh, maybe plus 150, plus 200. I don't know somewhere in that range. Um, I think Melvin Gordon. I think based on our analysis here, sounding good. Let's see if it's come up. Um, game props. I got nothing here. It's not even posted. I like Melvin Gordon to score a touchdown now that you mentioned it. Red Cloud, I would definitely, definitely play Melvin Gordon, um, and I would not play Philip Lindsay. All right, let's go on the outside here. Drew Locke, touchdowns, one-ish. Any picks this week? No, I, so I think – so here's my thing. I think Drew Locke's a very good learner. He's very smart, and I think he's going to be playing much more careful this week as far as the short interceptions. So all the interceptions he's thrown, except for the one towards the end of the New England game, right. which we were throwing for no reason where he kind of threw a bomb. Yeah, Everything has been a short – Right, it's been 10 yards or less that he's throwing these interceptions. Right. It's nothing deep down the field. It's nothing over the middle. Um, so I don't think he's going to take those risks anymore. And I think we might have lost Jared, but I agree, man. He ain't going to take those risks anymore. I totally agree. Um, I think Drew Locke is probably, if you're looking at fantasy projections, 250, 265 yards passing, uh, one touchdown, no picks, mediocre day. I think he sits on your bench. I bet you have a better option on the quarterback market probably on your lineup there. And then the last and certainly not least, Jerry Judy, I think is a must start in all fantasy leagues this week. He's the only legitimate uh, shot that we have on the outsides, given Jerry Judy's situation, uh, all the injuries, Tim Patrick looking like he's going to be more doubtful than questionable at this point in time, chiming in there. Uh, I, I love Jerry Judy on the outside to make some magic happen. I got Jerry Judy at about 75 yards, maybe a touchdown. But I think he's got about six receptions, about eight or nine targets. I think he's going to have a legitimate week this week. So there we are. There we have it. We are Orange Weekly 
fans, brews, Broncos news. Again, if you're just chiming in, we are going to be live, live. We're going to be doing this, gambling, doing all that fun stuff in Blackhawk Central City um, the weekend of November 22nd. I can't even remember who the Broncos play that weekend, but we're going to get down that weekend. Ragers this week, over 44 points. Fant or Judy, as long as their yards are in the 40s, I'm taking the over on both of those things. I'm going to take Herbert to throw an interception, even though he's only thrown one interception this year because I think the pressure gets to him. And I will definitely take Gordon to score a touchdown. Jared just needs to go get another beer. He is back in action here. I'm tying it up, Jared. Give me your final score prediction and give me your kind of last thoughts on the game this week. Final score prediction because I agree with you that we are going to go over. I think the offense is going to score 27 points to 24 that the Chargers are going to score. They're they're going to score on us. I think it's going to be t- towards the late. I also think this is going to be the first game that we have the lead of the majority of the game, other than the New England game. We're going to have a lead the majority of the game, a comfortable lead, uh, and they're going to have to try to come back, and Herbert's not going to be able to do it because we are going to be able to get to him. Yeah, baby. I'm thinking, I don't know what the score's going to be. I'm going to take the Broncos to score in the 30s, though. So I'm going to take some score. Ooh. Broncos in the 30s, 33 points, uh, 33-24 type of game, um, somewhere in that range. I- I'm excited to see what the Broncos have. Hey, listen, if y'all want to figure out if Drew Locke's the guy, this is the time. If we are sitting here in three weeks from now and the Broncos still have two wins on the record, I think we're going to have legitimate conversations about getting rid of Drew Locke, legitimate conversations about Vic Vangio being the coach, and legitimate conversations about me wearing a visor. So we don't want that. So we're not even messing with that. We get well, hold on, hold on. I like the last one. Here. Oh, wait, what's happened? What did I say? I like the last one. The last one's good. The last one's good. The, the first two, we're not having those conversations. I don't think that's happening this year. But we're, we're going to talk about you getting a visor, man. Ah, I love it. I love it. Hey, J-Rock, I always love walking with you each and every week, man. This is so much fun. Absolutely. Hey, and listen, we are, I didn't even, te- we're 15, 7, and 3 this year. So we are making money. I mean, it's not like we just over here acting like we don't know. And last week was the only losing week we've had this entire season. So we love making money. Thanks for riding with us this week. Orange Weekly, OW, look at third try. I got it again here. OW Ragers on Twitter. You can follow us there. Hit us a like button, subscribe button. Orange Weekly fans, brews, Broncos news. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.